Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening. Hello and welcome to another 6++ podcast. Thank you for taking a break from wrapping presents, attending awkward Christmas work parties and 3D printing zinch flamers to spend some quality time with us this evening. I'm David Liddell, and like many of you this holiday season, I'm channeling my inner great devourer and consuming any and everything put in front of me over the next two weeks. Because, you know, it's Christmas, that festive time of year where we all consume, travel to consume some more, travel, consume some more, get full, continue consuming, and so it continues. So there really isn't a better time of year to talk about our all-consuming large-brained overlords, the Tyranids, and wonderful audience, I've even brought you a Christmas gift in the shape of Vanguard's tactic life form, Paul Bridge. Fresh from a stellar performance at the Leicester GT, we'll be discussing the state of Tyranids, and I'm very keen to hear about his journey uh, with Behemoth in a largely Kraken-led community. So, hello, Paul. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you, and uh, thank you for inviting me to this. Um, yeah, excited to get going. Absolutely. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, it's great to, it's great to, to see some of the, the variations of lists coming out of Leviathan. I think yours is one that's really caught my eye, um, along with your teammate, actually, Michael Costello. So I'm very keen to, 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 to dig into your brain and find out a little bit of your thoughts on Tyranids at the moment, um, and hopefully give some people some tips or some inspiration into building their own lists. Okay, no problem. Um, but for those who don't know you, could you give us a bit of an introduction? Um, how you got into the ho- hobby, what armies you play, things like that? Um, yeah, so... I've only actually played ninth edition competitively, so I start playing in eighth edition. So I've not actually been playing long myself. Um, I lived in Cambridge Air for sort of several years. Um, I I work for quite a quite a big company, and it's quite a stressful job. So um, I was kind of toying with how do I deal with that stress, um, and. I found something online, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, like a subscription called Conquest, um, which was like the Space Marines, Death Guards kind of um, subscription. Um, And I thought, you know what? Um, When I was a kid, I used to love all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll start that subscription. I'll build some models. I'll do some painting. um, And it'll give me a break from my constant online life on a phone, on a PC, yeah, meetings, interacting, and just switch off and just be myself in my own space. Um, and I did that, and um, I ended up with all these Space Marines and all these Death Guard models. And like, and then I thought, where do I go from here? Like, do I just leave them on a shelf, or do I, do I do something with them? Um, and I said I was living in Cambridge at the time. Um, I popped into local games workshop, um, and they were really good, and they kind of pointed me towards some clubs in Cambridge. Um, and I found this um, really good club called sons of war um and it's a real so now it's a real great club for competitive play um but at the time obviously i didn't know any of this so i just kind of turned up at the club um and they were awesome um i'm now really good friends with a guy called richard knight so most people call him reg um, and he just kind of took me under his wing and kind of taught me 40k so he invested his time so every wednesday night where he could play absolutely anyone. He invested his time every week for, must have been months, to teach me how to play 40K. Um, so, yeah, I probably got to blame him for me sitting here to a degree. Um, so how long was, ago was that, Paul? Pardon? How long ago was that? Um, three years ago. Right. Brilliant. Two and a half years, three years. It was just after 8th edition had started. Um, I kind of got into it then. Um, and he actually introduced me to competitive play as well. Um, so I went to one competitive tournament just before COVID hit, um, but I didn't actually start competitive play until after COVID. So that gives you a bit of a time frame around when I actually started. Um, I think um, LGT last year was my second ever tournament. All right. Okay. Because you actually did really well in the UKTC last year. You came 23rd. Um, uh, so 23rd this year. I think August- I was- 50, so I'm talking the year before, so I was 59th, I think. But bearing in mind that was my second ever tournament, um, and I went 4-1 and one in LGT, second ever tournament, um, and I thought to myself, 
hmm, do you know what? What he's taught me, and I kind of, I kind of can get hang of this. Um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, I obviously joined um, VT because I'm all about how can I do the best at what I do, um, work or hobby. Um, and I stumbled across Vanguard Tactics, um, and that just gave me that kind of next step. I went in there thinking, do you know what? I know how to play the game. Yeah, I didn't know how to play the game at that level, um, and that was the massive, um, yeah, step change. Um, so I play, I play Space Marines, I play Death Guard, and I've played Tyranids for the last 13 months, and that is pretty much the only three armies that I play. Nice one, brilliant. And, and last year you uh, you played a bit of Death Guard until I think until Tyranids came out, and um, and then moved into Tyranids. And as I say, you came 23rd and very close to a top 10 finish, might I add. Um, yeah. And with only a third of the season gone so far, so admittedly it's early days, um, you're actually number one in the UKTC at the moment. So uh, I guess my question is, do you have a target for this year? Is there something you're, you're looking to achieve or are you just taking it tournament by tournament? Um, I do like to set targets. Again, work-life bleeding into kind of personal life. So, um, And I always like to improve on what I've done before. So I went into last season um, thinking, oh, if I can come in the top 100, I would be really happy. And I spent most of the season in the top 50, and I was proper buzzing about that. And then, like you say, I, I got into the top 20 and then just dropped out and ended up 23rd. Um, that was, yeah, a, a stellar performance for me compared to my expectations when I went into that. Um, and, yes, I started off as Death Guard. Um, they they were a bit of a struggle towards the end because, um, um, yeah, with, with all of the changing rules, FAQs, data slates, Death Guard were a solid army and they totally kind of dropped off. Um, too many armies out there were just a hard counter. Um, so I thought to myself, well, I'll play something different. Um, and yeah, I, I decided I wanted to play Xenos and I was kind of juggling, do I go Orcs or do I go Tyranids? Um, I went Tyranids um, about a month before Crusher Stampede came out. So I, I definitely made the right choice because I jumped yes, into Crusher Stampede and then obviously jumped into the new codex. So um, I get grief about Tyranids quite a lot, um, but I don't know what, it, it was a, I could have quite as easily been playing Orcs. Yeah, haters are going to hate, man. Like, I yeah. I decided to take up Tyranids a week before the book was announced. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, because I thought I thought I was going to be waiting months. But, yeah, uh, but yeah so that's uh, 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 seven days from... And I was I was in a similar position as well. I was thinking about Harlequins, actually, because I really liked um, having a small, like, stable of units. Yeah. Um, but then I decided to throw that out the window and go with Tyranids. You have so many different units. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Just to go back to the question, because I just realised I haven't answered your question. So, <laughs> so um, I kind of I've got a few benchmarks. So I, I went into last year thinking three and two at tournaments. I think my benchmarks now is four and one. I've never quite at UKTC got to that five and zero. Oh. Obviously, I've done it in smaller GTs, but I think if I can just do one UKTC at five and zero, oh, I think that's a target. Um, and I I want to end top twenty in the UK. And if I can, I want to end up the top NIDS player in the UK. I guess they are my targets this year. Nice. Very cool, man. Very cool. I suppose we're all at the whim of the GW gods and see what they give us if 10th edition does come or what have you. Yeah. Um, but um, And obviously how Guard interacts with us, etc. But we will see. Um, mm. Especially that best NIDS player, I think, will certainly be be achievable for you, man. Um, yeah. Because I've, I've, I was looking at your results for this year. And you did, uh, it was interesting actually, because there was a bit of a step change in this year for you, I think. Um, you did the Manchester GT earlier in the year, you came 66th. Birmingham GT with Yormunganda, and you came uh, 56th. I struggled with that, yeah. Oh, it's a disaster of a word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you came 56th with that. Uh, Bristol GT with Leviathan, I believe, you came 7th. Then Newcastle, it was 17th. But then Leeds with Leviathan, it was 7th. And then you switched to Behemoth. Uh, with a very respectable 57th out of 500 odd people at the uh, LGT and a ninth place at Leicester. So looking at that, there's two things kind of jump out to me. One, there was a bit of a change in your in your results with Tyranids between Birmingham and Bristol. So one of the things I wanted to ask was, is there anything that kind of clicked for you there or anything you changed in your approach to, to, to the tournaments? Um, not really. I mean, Bristol was 
Crusher Stampede, Birmingham, I believe, was New Leviathan. So I think that's um, a little bit affected the change. Because um, I remember Bristol was the very last tournament that Crusher was valid. Um, and at that point, I played Crusher four or five tournaments. Um, the thing with me is I, I try and I try different things, but then um, my VT kind of training kind of comes in. And one of the things we were taught was about repetition, like get the reps in, learn the army. Yeah, don't keep changing all the time because you keep changing your list all the time. You don't learn and you don't get you don't optimize it as much as you want to. Um, and I think I got to Bristol and, and my list was optimized and and I'd got the reps in. And I think that's why I did so well at Bristol. Um, Birmingham, um, I can't remember where I came in Birmingham, um, but um, I think that was one of my first Leviathan um, tournaments. And then you, you'll see my, my results were a bit up and down um, from that point. Um, that would be me, again, starting with Leviathan and, and getting those reps in and trying different things. Um, Jormungander, I was actually doing very well with Jormungander. I remember I was on... Because everyone was playing Leviathan, and yep. and I, I don't like and people hate me for saying this. I don't like being a sheep, and I don't I'm like the same, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't like following. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be that guy. Because the LGT before I turned up with Death Guard, and I was the only Death Guard player that didn't bring um, play burst callers. And everyone told me I was mad because I had three of um, the voted mowers. Do you know what? I went four and one. I didn't need a play burst caller. Um, so I've always had that sort of mentality and, um, yeah, so I thought, you know what, everyone's playing Leviathan. I've played Leviathan. Yes, it's good, but I don't want to be a sheep. So I turned up with Jormungander. Um, game five, I was actually on table 10, bearing in mind that was when it was based on where you were. So I was in the top 20 at this point, win that game and get a great result. Um, but unfortunately I come across a, a proper meta Leviathan list in game five and Jormungander versus Leviathan, yeah, it just didn't happen. It's a tough ask. Was yeah. it was it all Monster Mash, was it? Uh yeah, from what I remember it was just three big blobs of warriors, two harpies, yeah, wing tyrant, yeah, the usual. That was before its first FAQ. So, so you think it's bad now. Oh sorry, I meant the Jormungander list. Pardon? I meant your your list. Oh sorry, my Jormungander list was um um was very much, um, if I remember rightly, Carnifex heavy. Um, I do like Carnifexes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I think I had, I think I had one harpy. Might have had two. Had Carnifexes. Um, not many troops um, because Jormungandr leads into kind of monsters with obsec. So you kind of lean into that a little bit. So I took a very similar list to Birmingham GT as well, and I and uh, but I went heavy on Screamer Killers because I was really into them at the moment at the time. I mm. think I had eight or nine Carnifexes. And I drew knights four times. Yeah. And it was just a disaster. I couldn't obsec them off objectives. It was an absolute nightmare. And I was wounding <clears> them on fives. Yeah. So, uh, my second question, actually, as well. Um, you obviously were doing very well with Leviathan, and obviously Leviathan got nerfed. And objectively speaking, looking at uh, the wonderful people at StackCheck.com, at StackCheck uh, you know, Inez and all those guys doing great jobs over there, uh, looking at their website, you can see that obviously Tyranid win rates do drop. Mm. However, yours hasn't. Yours seemingly got better. So talk us through um, how you kind of approach that. Um, well, I'll probably start from the end and work in because sure. I've said this a few times to people. If they reverse the Leviathan rule, warriors, yeah, transhuman, um, commonly known, and said to me, do you want to play Leviathan or Behemoth? I would probably still play Behemoth. Um the reason being, um, I didn't try some of these lists out because everybody went into Leviathan because that was the seemingly the strongest way to play because of the transhuman. Um, but what I've learned is some of these other high fleets, your behemoth, your krakens, your, your hydras, um, there's so much more to them. Um, and if you're, a, if you're a skillful enough player and you can lead into some of the tricks they have, there, there's so much more going for Behemoth than there is, or there was, Leviathan. Um, Leviathan was just throw some warriors on a board, fly over some harpies, do some mortal wounds, hope my opponent doesn't roll fours. Um, and that was pretty much the gameplay. Um, where Behemoth 
are great on the charge. Um, we've leaned into Raveners. Their, their reach is huge across the board. Um, so they're a threat anywhere on the board. Um, how I play them, like Obsec is a real strength of mine. Um, th there's so many different like tricks to Behemoth that I didn't have um, with Leviathan. And I think um, people haven't caught on to that yet. I think yeah, everyone for, for context of Leviathan, they just expect you to charge at them and try and kill you. When you kind of sit back a little bit and you kind of bait them in and, and they're like, well, hang on, what's he doing? And, and there's, this, there's so many different elements to Behemoth, and as there is the other high fleets. But um, I'm just really enjoying Behemoth, and I think the fun factor as well is leaning into my results because, um, again, I'm a big believer when you're having fun, yeah, you make mes less mistakes. You, I, I tend to get over-focused on, um, on things sometimes if I'm stressed about it or, or um, not having fun, and then that's when you make mistakes. Well, that's Sorry. when I make mistakes anyway. But I'm, I'm just having so much fun with, with Behemoth, and I think that's leaning into my results at the moment. And, and you definitely hear the guys at Vanguard Tactics talk about that all the time, don't they? It's like you've got to love the armor you're playing. Otherwise, yeah. it's just it's a chore almost. Or as you say, the stress level kind of kicks in. Yeah. But to your point, though, right? So Leviathan got nerfed. And actually at Leicester, six of the seven high fleets were represented um, at Leicester. Mm. Um, that's like 244 players. So that's that says a lot about our book, really, because not many other not many other factions can say that six of the seven sub factions were were, were there, right? Mm. Um, so really, really strong performance. But actually, one of the things I wanted to ask you is obviously you've you've placed Behemoth quite clearly at the top there. Um, I was going to say, could we just quickly rank uh, how 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 you see those um, those high fleets um, okay. with obviously Behemoth at top. Um, how how do you feel about Leviathan now, for example? If, if Behemoth wasn't on the table, what would be your next pick, maybe? Um, I've not really played much into Kraken, um, but I would probably say Kraken would be my second pick. Okay. Um, I don't know if I would enjoy playing Kraken, but I can definitely see it as the second strongest pick. And the reason why I say I don't think I'd enjoy playing Kraken because it's back to a, a one way of playing army, which is, yeah... Advance an additional eight inches, charge, kill stuff. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a one trick pony, I believe. I don't know, like I say, I've not played Kraken much myself. I suppose there are different elements you can put into it with different models and use some different utilities. But their main strength is get across the board as quick as possible and mm -hmm. oppress the opponent. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I use Kraken and uh, and probably for my detriment, I, the way that I play them is quite defensively. Mm. Um, I, I I kind of wait, as you say, bait them in a little bit, um, mm. and then and then reach out, kill, make a make a try and make a positive trade, and then overrun back or overrun into cover or into their deployment zone from behind enemy lines, and just like make good trades throughout the game to try and get those points. Yeah. Um, it's easier said than done, I would say. And it's something I'm probably like it's it's a, like a learning curve for me. Really, is trading at the moment. So, okay. The problem with that, obviously, is everything's so bloody expensive. You know, even mm. uh, even Ravenous are very expensive. So, I kind of doubled down into Spore Mines after seeing how John Lennon played it on um, on War Games Live and different channels like that. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I get I get your point on Kraken though. It does see you know fast getting there. Um, just actually. One thing I totally forgot to say about with Behemoth. Could you just quickly, just re, uh, for those people who don't know, what are the, um, the 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 things that make Behemoth stand out in terms of its, you know, if it's if it's a spell, if it's a uh, CP? Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the the things that I utilize the most, which make it great, that are uh, non not a generic Tyranid but a Behemoth um, element to it, um, is you get the plus one strength on the charge. So if we talk about, and I've brought Warriors back. So Warriors are back in the list. So if we talk Warriors to start with, um, so they move seven inches, obviously. Um, as we all know, with Bone Swords, they go from strength five to strength seven. Adrenal glands make them strength eight. If they charge with Behemoth, they become strength nine. So they're now, say for instance, I'm charging a 25, 26 wound knight, toughness eight. They're wounding on a three. Yeah. Um, the other great thing about Behemoth is... Um, there's a psychic spell to make them plus one to wound. So if I go back to the warriors, they're now wounding a knight on a two. Yeah. 
So my, yeah, I know we'll probably get onto my list, but you can get Warriors rerolling all hits and wounding on a two against the Knight. Pretty yeah, strong. On the chart. Pretty strong. They kill most things <laughs> they hit. Um, yeah, so so it's it's pretty much the plus one strength. It, it's, it's the uh, the plus one, the wound. And then the stratagem that comes with Behemoth is the, um, the fight on death, as commonly known. Um, so, yeah, when we talk about Kraken and you find it difficult to trade, it's actually easier to trade with Behemoth um, because you're always going to get that additional fight phase with a unit, and so you're going to trade up. So a unit that we would normally lose if you're interacting with, okay, I'll kill your unit, you interrupt, you now kill my unit. Well, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to spend two CP and kill you back. So you've now lost two and I've lost one. Absolutely. So you actually trade up. Yeah, you trade up with Behemoth. Yeah, no, it's that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the things I liked about it. I think when I was uh, mulling over Behemoth, I did think, oh wow, this would be great on Hormigans because <clears> you know you could get Hormigans to strength four. You could then have plus one to wound, mm. um, or, or you know, and, and and be doing some serious damage. But again, it's that AP. I think the AP really holds them back. So that's kind of why I went, ah, oh, maybe not those. Um, yeah. But what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, so. Yeah. So, uh, Behemoth, Kraken, what would you say is the next in the list of high fleets? Um, my mate, uh, Mike Costello, will probably like this one. I'll probably say Hydra. Uh -huh. And again, I've not played Hydra myself, but I have looked at it and I have, I have studied it. Um, it does take a, a skilled player to, to manoeuvre it. Yeah. Um, but I think if you've got the right skill set, it's a very powerful high fleet. Um, a lot of it is around outnumbering your opponent, um, but monsters count. I believe monsters count as five models. Most people take units in fives these days, so you, you chip one off with a bit of shooting, and then all of all of the benefits of Hydra kick in. Um, so if you if you play it the right way and, and you um, and you understand the list and you've got that that skill set and that ability to play it to its full potential, like yeah, Hydra definitely. I mean, he took it to, I think he took it to BAO, didn't he, and did really well. Yeah. Um, he was at the tournament with me um, and scored one less point than me. I thought I'd just throw that in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I did want to give you that opportunity, absolutely. To... <laughs> no, he went four and one as well um, yeah. with Hydra. So, um, and we were, yeah, we were the, the, the top two Tyranid players there. So, um, yeah, there's definitely something in Hydra. I'm actually considering playing it at some point myself. Um, he had a rough run running as well. Man. He, played, he had some difficult games. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to try out all the high fleets because I think it's uh, like you mentioned earlier. The codex is so deep. There's so much content there that um, I'm going to dabble with all because um, I've played with a few of the others as well. Um, but say Jormungandr, um, Behemoth, Le uh, Leviathan. I've taken Gorgon to a uh, tournament as well. Came third. So Gorgon's got some. Talk to me about Gorgon. Because for me, right, auto-wounding seems to be all the rage nowadays, right? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, so I, I, so this would be my pick number four. Okay. Um, this would be my pick number four, actually, so that's perfect timing. Um, so I took, <laughs> so, I took, so we practiced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I took Gorgon to a tournament, never thought I was crazy, like, why are you taking Gorgon? Um, and then I turned up a tournament, and like 30% of the... Um, players there because this is just after demons had landed um yeah folks and the players turned up with demons Amazing. and it's like well do you know what yeah hello bellacore you're minus four to wound i'm gonna shoot some little strength four weapons at you and wound you on fours um it, it, it's, it's superb um until you hit vehicles um yes. none of the rules work against vehicles but i think uh, that votan coming into the meta right has scared off night players a little bit yeah so actually you know perfect timing right yeah, yeah, but the only other fear is like because I'm again that's another thing I'm considering. Do I give Gorgon another go? Um, but then if someone rocks up with a nice juicy tank list for guard, then you've got a big problem again. Um, but yeah, Gorgon, um, they what they lean into massively is um, so again if you take warriors, um, there's a CP strat so fives and sixes auto wound in melee. Which is yeah, super powerful if you lean into warriors. With um, you have to have toxin sacks on them to lean into that. Um, they've got a psychic spell that does mortal wounds on sixes in melee. Yeah, very um, good, isn't it? 
that is very good. So you come across vehicles, it is a problem, but if you have enough attacks, i.e. raveners, and you can roll six, six sixes, then do you know what? At minus four, you're going to do six wounds, six more wounds. Bye-bye, Armager. Um, which happened a lot in that tournament. Um, yeah, and the, the auto-wounding on, on fours, regardless, is just, yeah, super, super powerful. Obviously, I rocked up with two Tranifexes with Flamers and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, auto-hitting, wounding on fours. Amazing. Oh, yeah, you wound everything on fours, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. my Strength 6 Flamers, yeah, you get charged by Bellacor and they, they absolutely wreck face. Um, so you, you've, you've spoke about Warriors, obviously, with yeah. with a lot of these high fleets. Um, you obviously put a lot of stock in those. Is there anything in terms of, um, you know, for Gorgon, like, you know, some people out there might be looking at Gaunts and going, well, that's the best way to get value. What's your thoughts on that? Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So if you can go for, if you can go for as much either Flamer or low strength weapons, you're going to get more bang for your buck because mm -hmm. they're cheaper. Um, and why would you not take, yeah, strength four or strength five weapons? You wound absolutely everything on fours that isn't a vehicle. Because um, you can take you can take way more weight of dice um, with Gorgon will definitely help. Yeah, um, the only reason I mentioned warriors is because of the actual stratagem they have, um, oh, right, yeah. which is the the tops and sacks, um, wounding auto wound on fives and sixes to hit um, in melee, um, and obviously with the strength of um, of the swords, um, you don't need to worry too much about the fours to wound. You're probably wounding most things on threes or twos anyway. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely bang on. So that's Gorgon. Uh, what I'll give you your choices left. You've got Jorgengander, you've got Kronos and Leviathan. Um, so I think it would be Leviathan okay. next. Um, I have considered just trying it out and just running the old school list again. Hmm. Um, I think the trouble is everyone had a bit of taste in their mouth about Warriors. Um, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're rubbish now because they can be wounded on twos. Um, and just threw them in the bin. Um, but as I've gone back into and I've leant back into Warriors with Behemoth, they're still a, a very good unit for the points you pay for them. Like superb. Um, the only issue with Leviathan is you don't you don't max out your um, your abilities by taking Warriors because you you've got units on the board that don't benefit, um, and I don't like taking units that don't benefit from the high fleet abilities. Um, I think if you were uh, serious about Leviathan, then you would lead into some sort of psychic monster mash, like a double or triple Maliceptor maybe, go for the mortal wound type stuff. Um, yeah, you'd have to run a very different list, I think, if you were serious about Leviathan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I did but, see a couple of old school Leviathan <laughs> lists. I spoke to a chap on Instagram who was like, I'm just taking it because that's what I know. I haven't been to a, this, this, this lad I was saying, he, he, he just wanted to play what he knew and uh, I think he did okay actually I think he still went 3-2 so there yeah. is absolute I mean what it's going from wounding Tyranid Warriors on 4s all the time to probably just wounding them on 3s which is a big you know it's a yeah. big change but overall you know there's not that many strength 10 weapons that you're firing at Warriors no so not fair no. enough and you can still stick the Invan on one unit per turn so yeah. so if you've still got a 5 up Invan 5 up Fiona Pin you know it's yeah. still not like with Catalyst it's still great yeah but yeah, as I think, you say, you don't get those benefits of maybe no. that like in cracking the no. minus one extra minus AP or the plus one strength in Behemoth, you know, and that really you do miss it when you don't have it, don't you? Yeah, we all got hung up on the transhuman piece, and when they lost it, it was like we're so quick to react, and it's like, yep, yeah, they're rubbish straight in the bin. Um, but actually, you go back and you think about it, and do you know what? They're not actually that much worse. Um, I just like to get as much as I can out of my lists, and it feels like that you'd be you'd be lacking a little bit or not utilising it as best you can if you took a lot of warriors. You'd be better I think off. The, the key piece though for Leviathan is, is Hive Nexus, right? It's I mean that for me is what a spell. <laughs> it's just to be able to just put anything into sixes explode or um you know or the or the invul as as we pointed out. You know, yeah. I think that's just that's what sets it apart from the other things. Yeah, definitely. The other high fleets. Um nice. So you've got uh, Jormungandr and Kronos remaining. Which would go in that order. Um, All right. 
I, I, I don't get Cronus. Why would you yeah. want to play Tyranids and just sit on the back line and shoot at people? <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. I'll take that extra four inches, I think it is, of range and sit on the back line and shoot at you with some Tyranids. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah. so In a world where Exocrines just aren't great. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, our shooting isn't our best asset, really. It is combat. So yeah. it just it does feel super weird. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't know, it might eventually, the meta might swing and they might end up at the top at some point, you never know. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're definitely at the bottom. Um, Jormungander, I got very good at saying that now, so Jormungander won above. Um, it would have been higher um, up until um, like Emperor's Children come out and there's such a big, there's such a big emphasis on Emperor's Children at the moment um, and they ignore hit modifiers. So do you know what? Jormungander, you're turning up with no high fleet ability because they just ignore it. Yeah. Um, they've got a superb stratagem, though. So um, Buried in Weight, I think it's called, 1CP. Um, you could stick three Carnifexes or three Screamer Killers. You love Screamer Killers, don't you? Stick yeah, three yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there and I've done it. Yeah, Trying to place one... three of those bases on the board is yeah. very difficult. But for 1CP, and then you pop three of them up, and because they deploy as separate units, you then get three individual charges. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but um, I wouldn't take a high fleet just for one, uh, for uh, like a one one stratagem kind of trick. Yeah. And um, their spell's pretty enough as well for monsters because it's an extra AP yeah. um, for a unit. And yeah. generally when you're all, all your units are minus three AP, three damage. Yeah. You know, going to four AP, you're still going to something's invuln, generally speaking, that you want to kill with them. So... Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I think it's yeah. it's a bit of a tough one. I think, and I might be talking complete rubbish here, but I think Ed Fawcett took Jormungandr. He played uh, Tom Lohman of our team, and um, and it was a, it was a very good game from from all accounts. Um, but again, like a mix, what he did was quite clever. He did the monster mash. He did the Carnifex, but he also had loads of utility units actually help score points. Yeah. So you know, I might I might go and take a look at that. But I agree with you. I think generally speaking, it is it is at the lower end. Um, but just to summarise here, we've got Behemoth, Kraken, Hydra, Gorgon, Leviathan, Jormungandr, and Kronos. That's correct, yep. Super, brilliant. I'll so, get for that at some point, I reckon. There you go. So there you go for all those people wanting to know, um, including <laughs> myself. So then you obviously went with Behemoth, so I want to talk about your list. I'll quickly run through it for, for the yeah. unknowing audience uh, members. Um, it's a double patrol with Winged Hive Tyrant and the Swarm Lord. Great pick. Very fle good flex pick. Um a Broodlord and Neurothrop, so there's your HQs in total. Two times five Warriors, three times five Raveners, two times three Zoys, and three Tyrant Guard. So, uh, yeah, give us the lowdown. What's the story of this list and who are the star players? Um, to star players, or the star player would be the Swarm Lord, definitely. Um, I struggled a little bit with the whole two less CP for a double patrol, mm. um, and he's quite an expensive model. Um, but, yeah, worth every point because he's definitely the star player and he's definitely the, the linchpin of my list. Um, so if you're watching this, kill the Swarm Lord as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, because his abilities that he gives are just so powerful. So he can give a unit, um, re-roll all hits. He can make a core unit, um, obsec, and start the command phase, which, going back through my list, with the exception of the Neurothrope um, and Broodlord, Everything else is either already has obsec or is core. So the so, Ravenous? Ravenous. Oh, that has core. Sorry, yes. Oh, yeah. Core. Okay. yeah, so they're either. So the Warriors are obsec. Um, because I've taken the the Lurk Biomorph that gives my big monsters obsec, they're obsec. Everything else is core apart from those two other HQs, which means that I can turn obsec on as long as they're within synapse on any of those units at the start of the command phase, so. which is super, super powerful. Um, yeah, and he hits like a freight train. If you, he holds an objective really strongly because he's he counts as five model obsec. Normally hanging around with three tyrant guards. So do you know what? That's eight models, and you've got to shift the swarm lord. Um, and he doesn't go down in a fight very easy. Um, so when you when um, again, I'm going to use some VT stuff. When you start talking about non-negotiable objective that you want to hold, yeah, where you're going to fortify, um, he just. He just sits there and he holds an objective all game, gives out orders, busts my units, um, makes them hit three times harder than they normally hit. Um, 
So it doesn't. It's not, it's not very often he gets too involved in the game, as in you'd be mad to kind of charge him unless you've got something bigger and badder. Um, yeah, so much really Yeah, um, and then the, and then the second would be the actual raveners themselves. Hmm. Um, so the raveners, yeah, move twelve inch um, standard advance and charge with tyranids for one unit um, because of behemoth. They're now strength seven. So do you know what? They're wounding most things on threes. Um, plus one to wound, and now wounding most things on two with AP four. Um, yeah. So they're wound they're getting most things to fives or sixes unless they've got in runs. Um yeah, superb units. Four wounds, so most things, um, with the exception of yeah, master blasters that I hate. <laughs> do like maximum three damage. It's not many four damage things out there apart from them. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, you're going to guess the answer to one of your questions in a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, four damage is just awful against Raveners. Most things, it takes two hits to kill them. Um, and if you imagine they're like buffed up with, with Catalyst and one turn in runs as well, they, they're even harder to budge than Warriors. People hate Warriors. Yeah, Raveners are even harder to budge. Um, yeah, I'm always amazed at people. Well, I'm always amazed by what Ravenous do and how many wounds they have. Like the amount of times that those those guys and Paravors are the one are the units in the Tyranid list where someone will say, "How many wounds do they have?" and you go four or five for Paravors, and they go, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know everyone's worried about the Warriors. The Warriors are the actual things that have the least amount of wounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything else. God, if they had four fun. wounds, I think I think we would have had a be even better 2022. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like I always get a game where I have an opponent. We kind of all all games. Like how many wounds has Emperor got? Four. How many wounds your Ravener's got? Four. How many How many wounds have they got? Have a guess. It's four, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Toughness five, four wounds. Move yeah. on to the next unit. Yeah, apart from the Warriors, it's four up. So you didn't. You do. You do. Um, you alluded to this just there. Um, you didn't choose the Behemoth uh, standard adaptive. You yeah. instead chose ter territorial instinct. So, for context, the behemoth um, adaptive is reroll charges, which in your list seems to be would be an awesome, awesome adaptive. But you opted to go for the obsec monsters. I love that choice. Talk us through it. Um, I think it is because of the speed of the army. So, I, I don't go, um, as we discussed earlier, I don't go all aggressive. Um, terrain really helps at UK, UKTC tournaments. So you're able to manoeuvre. When you're moving 12 inches and you can advance, you're able to manoeuvre from train piece to train piece. So you can pick your moment when you want to charge. Um, and then you've got a 12-inch move, advance and charge. You're so close by the time you charge, you really don't need that reroll. Um, and if you're careful, and if you're careful with your CP, um, and my list is tailored um, to take some great secondaries like psychic interrogation, cranial feasting, where I'm I'm recouping some of that CP. So if I do need to spend the occasional one CP, um, do you know what? That's not a problem. Um, the obsec is more powerful for me because I can not worry about that one objective. Yeah, the hold that one objective all game. It's not going anywhere because um, chances are wherever Swarm Lord is, yeah, Mr. Winged Hive Tyrant is not far behind um, because that's where the Tyrant Guard is um, and his threat range is huge, so he can just sit there and, and threaten the whole board. Um, so, yeah, so it's, just, it's, it's a very well-thought-out list is what I, I think, Paul. Like, it's just it just all adds together. Um, yeah. it's, it's really clever. Like, I find with Kraken at the moment, it's very CP-hungry because you always want to be advancing. You always... Uh, I want to be making sure that you're hitting that charge or, you know, et cetera. And I think yeah. um, I think the way that you've planned this out and you can afford to get use that 2CP because actually your stratagems aren't an integral part to how your army plays. No. So they're just the added Brucey bonus, I suppose. In yeah, terms the, of the, the core of the list, the, sorry, the core of the list is around the, the re-rolls. The, the wing tiring gives the plus one to hit, re-roll one. So you hit on two, re-roll on ones. That's the most powerful piece. And then it's the behemoth psychic that makes it extra powerful. Um, the CP, like I say, are tailored into Neurothrope with the plus two, 3d6 casting. That psychic interrogation is really important. He, he rolls an average of 10 plus, which gets me a CP every turn. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, it's a CP-hungry list. But I counter that with the list 
um, so I can afford that two CP fight on depth, which is which is the most important thing. When I'm when I'm counting out my CP and I'm thinking about when do I charge, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at my CP and like, do I have that additional two CP? Because that's that's vital. That is when it gets to the nitty gritty of that that one turn when you hit each other hard. Yeah, your opponent will be like, oh, you can interrupt. You'll be like, yeah, I could. <laughs> um, great, cool. And then in terms of those adaptives, so you chose Territorial Instincts. Out of interest, um, looking at all the adaptives available to, to all the high fleets, are there any other ones that stand out for you as like really strong? Um, so when I'll, I played... I'll give you some, some of my thoughts. I think yeah. uh, Wreath and Shadow at the moment is pretty strong. I think there's a lot of Overwatch that we can we can take to the chin so i'm mm. a big fan of that um that's what i've been using myself but i do quite like the idea of synaptic ganglia i've seen a few lists in america do very well with that because it just makes your psychic a, a little bit further range yeah um there was that really interesting list that was quite psychic heavy um that had the if you feel charges move three inches adaptive yep. Yep. so uh, that was those ones were for me i would love to see that list in action i've never seen it played um but I'd love to see how the intricacies of where you move them after that three inches. I assume it's just backwards, but um, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd love to see that in play. But I'd be yeah. curious what, what your thoughts are. So you just named three out of the four that I would say. Uh, yeah. The fourth one, the fourth one would be the um, being able to hurriedly intervene like a character. So mm-hmm. I used to take that all the time when I played Leviathan um, because um, Leviathan struggled a lot with um, Obsec apart from the Warriors. Um, so if you had anything else in your list, um, just being able to sit on an objective in a way that if someone towed on with more models than you, you could just horribly intervene into them and kill them, um, was super powerful for Leviathan. Um, not so much needed in my list at the moment because of the, oh, the, the roster, <laughs> yeah. but I have looked at, yeah, like say the, the, the psychic ganglia, I think, yeah, I think it's called. I can never remember the name of these well, things, yeah. but the re the re-roll denies and the extra three inch. So imagine like you had three big blobs of zone throats smiting from twenty one inches away. It's, it's, it's yeah, amazing. It's, I do like zone throats. They're quite costly, but they do hit hard and they ignore invuns and everything, don't they? Just straight through unless you've got to feel no pain. Um, I think it's what opponents hate the most because you just go, right, I'm just gonna roll these dice and add three. Okay, super smite, oh, nine mortal wounds. And yeah. they just look at you like, are you that's cheating. <laughs> I know, I know, and I don't re- and I didn't realise how painful it was until I, I played against a mate of mine, um, Connor Nichols. Um, he plays for Misfits. He lives King Glenway, so he's not far from there. And um, he was running two decimators with a soul burner petards. Oh, so yeah. he just rolling dice and doing more wins against me. And it's like that's disgusting. And it's like, yeah, well, you play zone throats. And a malice at the start of the year. Yeah, it's the same thing. Twenty four inches away, I can't do nothing about it. Yeah, take take six more wounds. There you go. Um, yeah, disgusting. So you've you've mentioned this briefly about um, about what secondaries you're taking. I've, I've wrote down here you take uh, psychic interrogation. Um, all, yeah, all warp ritual depending oh, well, that on. That was going to be my next question. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tend to lean more to psychic interrogation because, as we discussed, the CP hungry list. Mm. Um, but. If I know that's going to be a problem, um, then I would lean into Warp Ritual. So if I'm against the opponent, I think, Do you know what, they might deny one or two of these, um, then I would go Warp Ritual because I need to, I need to get three out of five, so I hedge my bets a little bit. If and I have that center objective, to... your Swarm Lord loves standing on that center objective. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, Very nice. And then you've got Cranial Feasting, which again, speaking of regaining CP. Yep. Yeah, Cranial, so... Absolutely anything on the board can earn you that. Um, the, the, the thing you have to be careful with that is if you're against a clever opponent, they will um, switch on to the fact that, you know what, if I get shot, I'll take the sergeant off. Um, but as long as your opponent's got two or three characters and you can get to them, you, you, you're always going to score high. Um, and I love it when that moment comes along that you manage to get. I did it against a Voton opponent um, at Leicester and sneak some Ravenous around the back, get to his Warlord, three points for a character, three points for a Warlord, roll a four, eat his brain, nine <laughs> points for killing one model, thank you very much. It, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's, good. It's, yeah, if you pull it off, it's an amazing secondary. Um, and I don't think I scored less than 13 points for Cranial Feast, and I took it every single game. 
that's that's yeah. really strong. And I, and I think I was leaning towards um, assassination with because mm. I had loads of spore mines, and spore mines are just wonderful at hunting down characters. Um, so whenever I take cranial feast in, I'd, I'd, I'd end up in this spot where I go, well, I can just kill, for example, Bellacor now with spore mines, mm. or I can risk a charge into him and yeah. you know what have you. Um, that's where I the think, list, think that's where the your list, list because there's important. more spore mines. It absolutely works. Yeah, that's where the list building is important because yeah. um, I don't have a lot of shooting, so it's it's easy for me to do you know what just focus on the melee. Um, and shoot at the stuff that I'm not too worried about. If I have to clear a few units off and they remove a few sergeants, I'm fine with that because it's, it's yeah. ultimately it's the characters I want to get to. Um, but it's very rare I find myself in a position where, do you know what, um, I'm going to shoot that character because normally I'm so close to them, then I'll, I'll just I'll just charge you um, and kill you and get the points. But yeah, Cranial Feasting, definitely. Um, banners would be the third one. Yeah, Banners is much stronger now since the, um, since the rules change. Um, and as we keep alluding to, my list is super strong when it comes to OBSEC, um, especially how the rules work now. So even if I potentially lost it because I've got five non-OBSEC models, I can switch them on and make them OBSEC and hold it. And there's so many tricks um, because of the start of command phase, end of command phase rules. Um, yeah, there's so many little tricks you can do there. But hold, holding that, holding those banners... I only need two a game. Um, Swarm Lord again is probably standing on one, um, and then I just make sure that I keep pushing his obsec onto that second banner of units. Um, yeah, to to a to a turn, and then once you've got that final push, throw up another another two or three. Uh, I think I got minimum 10, 11 points on banners every every time I played it, which is uh, solid. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Is, um, is behind enemy lines on, on the radar at all? Yeah, so um, so they were my main three. My list is tailored for R&D, engage, behind enemy lines. Yeah, and um, synaptic insight, which I took once um, against a nice guy that had custodies with loads of three-wound models because that's yeah. where it really works. Um, you have to be careful because of the Raveners at this point are not doing a lot for me um, because... Yes, they'll deal a lot of damage, but I need to be careful that they don't kill anything. Um, so they were doing more chip damage against his dreadnoughts. So then my zone throats, my winged tyrant, my warriors could actually do the killing blows. Um, and yeah, I maxed. I played it once, and I maxed it out at the twelve points that you can get for it. Um, that's I, I took it against custodies. I think it's only them that it works with, really. Um, um, custodies or a Terminator heavy um, Death Guard. I've used oh, it against. Death, oh, Deathwing, yeah. Yeah, Deathwing as well. Yeah, so anything that's Terminator heavy um, is perfect. Yeah, perfect for it. It's um, trying to explain it to your opponent is a nightmare, though, right? Because you're like, well, I get I get one point for killing something with three wounds, and then if yeah. I get three points, then I get no. If I get four points, then I get three points on the on yeah. Like, well, six six to nine is two on a tally. You start talking about a tally. That's one on a tally. That's two on a tally. That's three on a tally. Mm. Yeah, but and yeah, then like, but, and then I can only score three a turn, and then I can only max at twelve. And you're like, what? This, <laughs> this is so complicated. I know, but with a with a elite um, troops and dreadnought heavy list, it's like one dreadnought. Two custodial guard, three victory yeah. points. Thank you very much. Rinse and repeat, yeah, for three turns, and then kill a few characters. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. If I see custodies, that's uh, do you know what? That's a nice pick. If I because I always struggle with secondaries with custodies a little bit because they don't give away a lot. They don't um, give anything, so, very little. Yeah, so synaptic insight normally um, is one for that. Yeah. Brilliant. That is a hot take. I've never heard anything on any... Uh, I listen to a lot of content, and uh, I've never heard anyone go into that. So big, big hot take there for those yeah. at home. It used um, to be a big favourite for me when I played Leviathan, because Leviathan would have been nearly all synapse. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah used to take it all the time. But yeah, took it once, scored 12 points. Amazing. Um, I took behind enemy lines once, let's say with the Raveners. Great if you're going to be super aggressive. Um, and my list is kind of kitted out to deal with like R&D or engage um, because of the warriors they work quite well for R&D or even the raveners um, if you want to risk the six or if not make them obsec and then they ought to pass um, another reason why the swarm lord helps so hence yeah MVP 
Yeah. Man, it's like the Matrix. It's like you're in the Matrix. You're like, yeah, and then they've got OBSEC, and then they're doing R&D. I love it, mate. It's very good. Um, but so so for context for those uh, listening at home who might not know the results from, from Leicester, um, the lowest – so out of the five games you played, the lowest you scored was 88. And your only loss, you, you scored 90 points, <laughs> which <laughs> – which is, you know, it's not a bad. It's, I mean, if you've got to lose, lose, lose with ninety points. Yeah. Um, I suppose, top, if you could give us top line, what what do you think the difficult matchups are for Nids for your list and also Nids in general at the moment? Um, definitely for my list, it's um, Emperor's Children. I kind of alluded to that earlier, didn't I? Um, Bile for definite, um, because my army is all about melee and. Yeah, trading upwards with my two CP fight on death, and they do it for free with everything. So that's not a fight I could win, um, unfortunately. I don't like going into games thinking I can't win this, but yeah, Bile is unless you unless my opponent does something drastically wrong, um, that, <laughs> that's not a game I can win really. Um, Tal, I suppose, would be a problem for me now. Um, very optimised shooting, which I don't like. Um, so unless I can hide very well and, and get close to him um, or her, um, then it's, yeah, that's a difficult game for me. Although it's strange, though, because I've never lost to Tau, um, but then I was playing Leviathan with Transhuman. Yeah. So, yeah, I think with my current list, I would struggle against Tau. Um, and then I kind of question Mark Guard, um, if and when, yeah, yeah. indirect. And I think they're going to be a problem for me. Yeah, very cool. All right, and obviously you've you've gone through the list. You've talked about who are the, the big players. Uh, let's do that generic uh, list breakdown question where we ask: uh, Are there any units you're considering removing, or any units in the list that are tempting you? Um, yes, yeah, so I do. That. Yeah, so I do that after every tournament. I kind of look at my games, um, and I look at some of my kind of friendly matchup. Well, I say friendly matchups. Like, when I play on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night against other people in the local area, the, these are all guys that play, like, top 50 in the UK, so they're not ever really any friendly games. Yeah. Um, so so the, you, I always learn something. Like I say the bloody decimators just doing mortal wounds, and, yeah, I can't get them. Um, it's giving me nightmares that has for days. Thanks, Connor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... After all these sort of hard games or, or tournaments, I think about this every time. So at the moment, what I'm thinking is um, the only reason the Broodlord is in is just to be a nuisance, deploy him up like high up, um, play havoc with my opponent's psychic turn one, um, chuck a banner up, um, and his imperative for um, light cover. Um, okay. But, yeah, but it's not the greatest it comes in play occasionally but probably not the great so i think i probably might take him out um, 120 points isn't it 120 points i mean it did some work for me and he always died turn two but he was such a nuisance to everyone else he's just that guy that just like do you know what i've now got to go over to that side of the board that i don't want to go and deal with him but um it's not a necessity um it's probably that's probably the one thing in my list that i could just do without um and then I'm thinking about potentially just taking one unit of zone throws out, just going for one rather than two, mm-hmm. um, because then I would be able to trim a few points off my warriors, um, maybe lose the adrenal glands so that they will only max at strength eight, but strength eight is still good enough. Um, and then I'd be able to put two Carnifexes in um, with Venom Cannons. gives me a bit of range to deal with that annoying decimator at 24 inches away or, <laughs> or something that's that's just quite happy to sit across the board and make me come to them and I lose a, a whole load of troops through one round of shooting. Um, can't, can't effects is really good. Um, and they're obsec in your list as well. Pardon? And they're obsec in your list and as well. And they're so like, my list. Yeah, salvage, which is why, yeah, I, I fiddled around the list and I, I could make one of them have a four-up in Van. I could give the other one spore cysts for those who don't know that would make them have light cover so i would have a i'd have a carnifex on a two up four up in one another carnifex on a one up save against range just sitting there with some venom cannons because they're core um i can make them re-roll or hit on twos re-roll ones 
they, they fit into my list and, and pick up all of the optimized benefits without having to change anything else. Um, so yeah, I think that might be what you see change. I think it might be zone throats and broodlord out, a um, couple of carnifexes in because I do love carnifexes. I've got about cool, I've got nine of them on a shelf in my in my workshop. Um, I just love carnifexes. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing with carnifexes. You don't have one or two; you have nine. Like I've got, I think I've got eight or nine in in, in yeah. uh, on one of my boxes, and I'm just like, oh, just I love getting them out and just being yeah. like, yeah, let's move forward and. They're, they're there for my they're there for my annual Christmas game. So I'll mention Reg again, Richard and I. So every year we have an annual Christmas game, and we tend to pay like four or five thousand points. That's when the nine carnifexes come out, and yeah, it's like nine hours of Warhammer. Yeah, goodbye to everyone else for a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow, love. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing on the 28th of December. You won't see us for a day. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Perfect. Um, so I've got a couple of units I want to just, I'm going to rapid fire some units at you, and I want yeah. you to give me a very quick, instant response on what your thoughts are of them. So, spore mine generators, such as Biovars and Sporocysts. Um, I think they've got some clout. Um, not my thing, though, to be totally honest. Fair yeah. Enough. Old One Eye. I love Old One Eye, um, but in the right list. So I have an Old One Eye. He's been commissioned painted and he looks immense. Um, if I was to go for a different type of behemoth list, if I went all Carnifex, he would definitely be leading the judge. Very nice. Uh, Death Leaper and or the Lictor. Ah, so Death Leaper, actually, if you'd asked me other units that I was considering putting in, Death Leaper was on that list as well. He's so, so I went. Good. Yeah, I went to two Carnifex, but my initial thought was take out the Broodlord, put a Death Leaper in, because um, it's a straight swap, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so a, definitely a, a solid um, unit if that's the type of game you're playing, especially if you, um, yeah, buff him up a little bit, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if, um, I mean, he went on the charge, he'll be strength 10, uh, sorry, strength 8, and you yeah. can give him plus 1 to wound as well, and minus 3, 2 damage each. My my favorite thing is if someone's taken warp ritual or psychic interrogate and you just beeline yep. him for their psycho who's doing that action, they're like, you can't do that action now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's amazing. I was yeah, him and um, the parasite as well was another one I was considering. Um, but I keep going on about these decimators. But after these decimators, I decided yeah, venom cannon, a couple of venom cannons in my list because that is what I'm lacking the shooting. So yeah, and they can deal with a lot of. Um, maybe towel problems as well. Like, yeah. you know, if there's a, um, a hammerhead staring you down the other end of the board, you can get in range yeah. and shoot that, perhaps. They can deal with towel. They can sit opposite master blasters and probably give their own. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I, yeah. Very cool. That's, that's where I'm going. I went I, I, I went off the Death Leaper um, parasite um, journey and went to Carnifexes. Yeah, and also those are two characters you want to get in the mix, at least at some point in the game. So you're just giving up Assassinate, aren't you? Yeah, basically. Cool. Um, Maliceptor in current meta. So Maliceptor in current meta, I really rate. Um, so if you look at my other stats, so my only GT win this season has been with a Maliceptor. And I came third with Gorgon with a Maliceptor in the list. Um, so I, Maliceptor on its own, maybe not. But I was playing a Maliceptor Venom Throat combo. So you're minus one to hit. And then he does his action. You're also minus one to strength. So for that shooting army where you're now minus one to hit and yeah, all my strength eight weapons are now strength seven, so I'm wounding a Maliceptor on a five. Frustrating as hell. Um, and he dishes out a load of damage as well. So yeah, Maliceptor in the right list with the right combo. And I would probably say take some Venom Throats. But yeah, if you're playing Emperor's Children, that will get ruined. Um, very cool castle up strategy there, right? Of getting everyone yeah. in that in that radius. Yes, yeah, and yeah, I, I tried it out um, at Imps Game in GT. I think that that was my first tournament of this season, um, and yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, just ran through five and zero, won the tournament. Uh, yeah. I, I'm Mal looking forward to seeing you take a Gorgon list to to Nottingham, man. Pardon? I'm looking forward to seeing this Gorgon list. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll take Gorgon to Nottingham. I don't know. I might. <laughs> yeah, I might. Um, need to see what changes between now and then. There's, oh, man. Yeah, it depends, it depends if anything changes. 
Yeah. And then the last one on this list, and these are units that I, I come I sometimes see in lists and, and think, oh look at that, that's interesting. Um the the once much loved Pyrovore. Um so if I went Gorgon in Nottingham and you keep mentioning it, I would have <laughs> I would have I would have um I'd have Pyrovores in my list, definitely. Um because you know what? Why would I not want to shoot two D six strength four at a toughness eight monster and wound him on at four? Um, yeah, it's, it's so, just yeah. so good into demons, right? It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In 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 into yeah, in Gorgon, yeah, pyrovores definitely. I own six pyrovores, so they'll have to come off the shelf at some point. Yeah, I think the only problem they suffer with at the moment really is armor of contempt. It just makes them as soon as the space marines in cover, you're like, oh, I guess. You know, I guess I'm on a two up save. I guess you're on a two up save, or yeah, um, even on the yeah. strong profile, they're on a four up. Yeah, that is the problem. Unless they can get close enough, then they're obviously they get more strength, more AP, don't they? But um, yeah, but I think in Gorgon they've got some clout. I think if any any of the other high fleets, not so much. Yeah. So so is we're saying you're at Nottingham. Is Nottingham your next event? Um, so Nottingham is my next event. I'm playing in. Um, I am organising events as well next year. So, um, like I keep saying, um, I've been playing in Cambridgeshire for pretty much all my kind of Warhammer experience. And one thing that everyone's always been saying is there's never any tournaments in Cambridgeshire. Hmm. Um, so, one of my mates, Lewis Elms, does Saffron Slam, which I know some of the 6++ guys have been to. Yeah. I've bumped into Chris there before. And Jamie Clifford, so I've played Jamie Clifford a few times. Um, tournaments and casually um, and I got together with Lewis and was like well should we kind of grow this um, and th there's such a big void in Peterborough um, where, which is where I live lots of people around Cambridge um, Lincoln is north there's Kings Lynn there's so many areas where people play um, so we've decided to kind of branch out and do Saffron and Peterborough Slam now so starting next year, we're going to be doing five GTs in Peterborough. Um, and we're still, obviously, Lewis is still running the Saffron Slam in Saffron, obviously, um, four or five times a year as well. So there's going to be, there's going to be um, yeah, 10 tournaments between us probably in the course of a year. Um, first one is January the 7th and 8th. Um, haven't sold as many tickets as I wanted to, but there's a fair number of people coming. Um, and you have oh, to... Every well, where might someone find a ticket? Pardon? How? Oh, um, where, how would someone go about getting tickets to so, it? So the, event, so the event is live on BCP. So if you go on BCP, um, I've been hounding Zach all week about getting it added onto the UK TC calendar as well. So um, his inbox keeps getting my emails. Um, but yeah, you can literally go on BCP. It's registered on there. Um, or if anyone's familiar with Elmo Miniatures, which is run by Lewis, the tickets are available there as well. Um, but yeah, I've been doing it through BCP just to make it visual. Yeah. Um, and I have been posting it on most of the Facebook um, groups um, around. So I think the six plus plus guys would have seen it on the Chatteris um, Facebook page. Um, yeah. But I'll be doing some more activity this week. But we've sold 18 tickets. Um, we've got space for 40. Um, if, we can, if we can hit 20, 25, 20, well, you want an even number. So 24, 26. <laughs> that's, a good num that's a good number to start with. Um, we're fairly confident that once we do one, um, it will grow because we're giving away some great prizes. I think we're giving away nearly £300 worth of prizes. Oh, wow. Um, we're being sponsored by um, Vanguard Tactics, Deep Cut Studios. Um, they've given us a lot of merchandise. Um, yeah, so we're hoping that we wow the first 20-odd people that come to the first one, and then um, word is probably the most powerful way to spread it. Oh, absolutely. I am. Uh, I'm currently in negotiations with the wife on that one. So, oh, yeah. I am absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we are, um, and everyone keeps asking me, "Are you accepting guard?" So we are accepting guard, but with some in-tournament FAQs. So okay. they need to be toned down a little bit because they're sitting in that interim at the moment where they're getting everything, um, which is not allowed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I'm contempt. Get out of here. Get yeah, out. No, I'm contempt. No indirect. Yeah, and there's a few other little. Um, reins put in place as well awesome well paul i've got one last question for you and um yeah. you you've obviously you've obviously started off this season very well 
Is there anything you're working on from a player point of view this year? Um, so consistency is obviously a big part of if I want to end up in the top 20, then I need to be consistent. Um, my results last year were a little bit hit and miss. And I think a lot of that is um, probably preparation. Um, so some tournaments I would have just gone into and I don't want to use the word winged it a little bit. I would have had a plan in my head, but I wouldn't have gone through the pre-tournament like practice my deployment, what am I going to do on this mission, what am I going to do in that mission, invest some real time, like like the big top 10, 20 players do, they they go for every mission and they work out exactly how they're going to play their list, where their models are going to start on the board. And I suppose that element of um, time investment before the tournament is probably something that I haven't committed to. And I think if, I, if I'm serious about staying in the top 20 consistently all season, then that's something I need to start doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear the guys on Fireside Chat actually talking about them. Do They do it on TTS. Yeah. Um, I, I do it on PowerPoint, but <laughs> it's not... Yeah. I don't think it's as good as TTS. Um, but yeah, I, I know yeah, it's what yeah. you get what you're saying. And it, for me, it just takes away the um, the pressure at the table. to, to act, If you've got your deployment almost done on your phone, you can be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And actually, you can start looking at their stuff and going, oh, well, I might actually amend that a little bit. And it just takes away decision points at, at the table, yeah, which it, I quite like. It does. Um, but I'm always conscious of when somebody throws a curveball in as well, then you need to be able to make that split decision and adapt. Um, yeah. So I think there's an element of both. I think, I think sometimes kind of like... Um, Playing it a little bit free and easy is actually one games for me, yeah. um, just because of like that that reaction and that kind of okay. I didn't expect that. I'm glad I didn't just put stuff down how I'd scribbled it on a bit of paper beforehand. Um, but I do understand how that preparation wins games for a lot of the big players. So I need to just find my my happy. I'm a happy medium. Absolutely. Um, because I'm not a, um, I, I like to win and I am competitive, but I'm not this super serious. I have to win games. Um, I, I quite happily go to a tournament and lose all five games if I had fun. Um, for the guys or anyone that's played me, um, hopefully they would agree with that. I'm, I'd like to have fun games. I'm always very honest up front with my opponents. Um, yeah, I, I like it to be a nice experience. Um, yeah. So, yep. yeah, you know what? I'm not super serious, but I think if I want to be, if I want to be in that top twenty, then I probably do need to take a bit more um, the, the preparation a bit more seriously. Yeah, no, man, I totally get it. I totally get it. Well, I think that's 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 awesome. Thank you so much for your your time today, Paul. Um, right. You've given us some really good insights. I've took loads of notes actually, even though I can watch this at any point. Um, but I've got notes here. Um, so, no, thank you very much for for your time and. Great to hear about your journey with with Behemoth, um, and uh, and the last twelve months of, of Tyranid love. Um, I think we'll close it up there. Have um, anything left? Anything else to add before we close up? Um, no, not really. Just please don't use everything I've told you against me if we ever play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got, well, this is our, this is what I'm bringing on my notes. So yeah, <laughs> excellent. Perfect. Thanks very much, Paul, and thank you all at home for listening in. Uh, if you have any questions for us, uh, I'm sure I'm sure myself or Paul would love to, to hear them. And uh, great one. Have a great evening, everyone. See you later, everyone. And uh, I don't know, I guess you say bye now, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I did. See you later. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Uh, cool. I'll see you later, man. Have a good one. Thank you. See you later.